Welcome to episode 78 of the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary! Hi! We had a busy week. Girl, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I mean, even the stuff I didn't have to do, I did. And I'm just, every fucking day it was something. Every, every day. Yeah, I had something Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And yeah, yeah and yesterday. Mm-hmm. So. Oh my God. Forget about it. I know. Well, um, first of all, cheers. Tina brought some wine out, bitch. It's, Ooh, it's fucking 10 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Yes. Fuck you. We're That's having how a- we're starting the day. Now, what is this? What is this sparkling something? It's a Moscato. Okay. So it's sweet. So I feel like sweet is the way to start today. You know what I mean? Mm, it's delicious. You know, it's not like... Uh, 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 it's delicious. Yeah. It's a good morning wine. Well, it, I didn't realize that was a thing, but I'll fucking take it. I will take it. Oh my! Especially on this podcast, we we have to be drunk to fucking cover these stories. Yes. There's actual podcasts that they just drink and talk about stuff. Yes. And I actually found one. It's called Drunk Art Review. This is so funny no. that we are drinking because it just reminded me that I found them on Twitter. I don't know if you noticed, but I was like. We need some fucking Twitter followers. What the fuck? So I, of course, what I did is I went through it for following a thousand podcasts and they all follow you right back. I mean, you know, so like whatever, let's just get the numbers up and start supporting other podcasts. And one of them that I found was called Drunk Art Review. And it's these two women, I believe they're English Oh, and they're drinking and talking about uh, like a piece of art, like a statue or a painting or whatever. And they that give you the history of it. That sounds so much fun. And they're young and like really cute, like hip, hipster kind of cute. Like what's their Instagram? like our history majors. Yes. Oh my God. And they're funny. Oh, forget about it. I love that. And they're drunk. So like, hello, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about yes. art as we're drunk. Yes. Okay. I love that's it. That's probably the only way you can really look at art. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so let's talk about... The fundraiser. Well, before we talk about the Nikki yes. Freed fundraiser, I want to say one other thing. Because the Nikki Freed fundraiser we went to, which was here in Broward at a friend of ours, Melissa Schiff's house. She hosted a, the fundraiser for her. Yes. But right after that, I went to the roller skating rink. You know, I go roller oh, skating yes. every other Thursday. <laughs> it's the great. I got to tell you, I always, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go. But no, I have to do it. I have to I do it. I love that that this is like. It's the uh, greatest fucking thing like ever. Like part of your life. Yeah. It's, it's it become like part of you. I love it. It's so fucking fun. And such good exercise. I mean, three hours of just going around in this oval, but it's like, oh, it's the fucking best. And the music is so good. Anyway, I just wanted to like give an update that BDE is still strong. Oh, is it? Oh, shit. That guy (laughs) is still fucking going. It's unbelievable. And we, did I tell you that I talked to him? No. (laughs) So, you know, Chelsea, my friend Chelsea goes and Vanessa goes. Wait, I thought that it was going to break the whole spell. Did uh it break the spell? Honey. Uh Uh-oh. It's a bit of a problem. (laughs) It might be a problem. (laughs) So Chelsea said, don't talk to him because the second you say, you know, he's going to open his mouth. It's over. And you're going to be like, bye. Yeah, Yeah, we talked about that. So he's going to be like, like voting for Trump or something. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's, it's not even like he's Brad Pitt on skates. He's just tall and he's a fucking phenomenal skater and his wife is with him and they never stop holding hands the whole time. Aww. And he like break dances in the middle of the they floor. They hold hands the whole time? The whole time. And they skate like their feet are in sync. Like it's fucking insane. That's kind of... And we just watch them. Like yeah. we're, as I'm skating, I'm looking around like, where are they on the... Like they're just... There's something... It's... Which we have to say is BDE. It's got to be BDE. I don't know what else it could be with this guy. <laughs> so Chelsea said, don't talk to him because he'll be like MAGA, right? Or yeah. something. So I got there... 
not this last time, but the two weeks before, and I was there early. And he, they never get there that early, but I look out and they're there. There's like nobody else on the floor except them and a couple other people. I'm like, oh shit. So he never wears a mask. Okay. Okay. That, that was a good pause because I'm looking at you like, you know. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm worried. And she's wearing a mask, but it was kind of pulled down a little bit. And I always wear a mask. So I get out there and I skate up, I skate where they're kind of, I come up past them and I looked at her and I said, we don't have to wear masks. And she's like, eh, she kind of shrugged her shoulders. And he said, what happened? And I said, oh, we don't have to wear masks. Because I thought, uh, the signs are everywhere uh-oh. in this place, right? And this kid's packed. Yeah. And he goes, um, nah, you don't have to wear a mask. He goes, even if they told you you had to, they can't make you. Uh-oh. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> He's an anti-masker, right? No, like, come on. Oh, God damn it. And no. I go, oh, bye. And <laughs> away. <laughs> So when Chelsea got there, I was oh, like, no. I have some bad news. Oh, She's like, no. oh, I see our, we call him our boyfriend. She's like, I see our boyfriend's here. I go, yeah, but he doesn't, he's not into masks. She's like, God damn, I told you to fucking talk to him. She was so pissed. She's like, what the fuck, right? That so, is hilarious. Meanwhile, what do I do? I take my mask off and I'm skating with no mask the entire time. Ooh. Right? That was four weeks ago. Then the next night I went to Alfredo's to hang out with him and Jason. And then afterwards, Alfredo and I went out to have a drink. We went to a dance club and danced for like an hour, 45 minutes or an hour. Fun. With no mask on. Uh Uh-oh. By Sunday, I was like, (coughs) I have this cough. So for two weeks, I've had this cough. So I don't know if it was roller rink or gay dance club, but either one of those, I got sick. And guess what happened on Thursday? I wore my motherfucking mask at the roller rink. (sighs) Because nobody's wearing them. It's no, fucking crazy. Yeah, no one's wearing anything anywhere. It's cr- I, don't, I don't get this. Yeah. Outside, I feel okay. You know, depending. Yeah. But but still. No, 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 no. Still, it's, um, it's, it's nerve-wracking. Yeah, listen, I mean, I was thinking to myself, I mean, I know I don't have COVID, but I forgot that there's all these other things you can get. Like, we should just have been yeah, wearing masks I mean, the whole time that's anyway. That's the thing. That's yeah. the thing. Like, you forget, like, oh, yeah, there's the flu. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. just a normal... Yeah, cold. This there's cough the, the sniffles. There's, yeah. you know, I haven't been able to sleep comfortably for months anyway because of my living situation. But also, like, and now, now with have- this cough, I'm like, I can't fucking sleep, and I'm exhausted, and I haven't been able to run. But actually, I went running yesterday morning. I went running this morning. Went for a bike ride. Like, oh, let me say something else real quick because we've had this conversation off the air with other women. But having children has does things to your body that oh I don't. I think there's some things people don't it's know. Not, it's not right. No. What happens. <laughs> but when you push a baby out of your vagina, yeah, you can't run. You muscles. can't run the same way. You can't run the same you can't. way. You can't. And so then when I run my first leg of running on my my little way that I go around my neighborhood, I had the yesterday morning and the and this morning, uh, I had to stop and cough. Right, because yeah. I have this. I still have this cough, but I have to cross my legs and bend over <laughs> because I'm literally peeing in my pants yeah. from no, coughing. It sucks because I have no I mean, the it weakest sucks. muscles. It sucks because I push two children out of my. And this vagina. is the thing when people talk about like, oh, just have you know children, or you know yeah. when they talk about these issues, please. It's like things happen to your body. You are not the same. No, you're and not. And that's the same. okay. Listen, I have two beautiful children. Yes. God. Uh, uh, they better fucking do something. I, I, that's what I want to say to them. <laughs> you wrecked my fajay. You better save the world. Yes. Like go, cure cancer. Go do something. Yeah. Please. You better do something because my vagina is ruined. But everything, even like my, there's, I forget what it's called on your abs. 
Yes. And, and it, did you have a C-section? I didn't, but for some women, Mm -hmm. like after pregnancy, like it splits. So you can't do like sit-ups the same way because, and then that happened to me. So it's like this tiny little gap. So you have to do different style crunches or Mm. different because like, it doesn't work the same, like your stomach muscles, Jesus, you know? Yes. It's like, you know, what, why? Uh, Well, the beauty of life. <laughs> What's it called? The circle. Oh of God! Life. <laughs> I'm holding my hands up like I'm holding a baby. Simba. Oh my God! Um, all right, so let's get off my vagina and get talking about this Nikki Freed fundraiser bitch. Yes, because we are very lucky to know a lot of good people in Broward, and so we get invited. Well, we yeah. had to pay. Yeah, <laughs> pay a little dough. Yeah, dough ray me over to go over see Nikki Freed at our friend Melissa's house. Yeah, but house. to support. I mean, I'm hey, next I'm, candidate. She's a candidate for governor. Who yeah. I, I'm I'm definitely behind because yeah. our other options Charlie Crist. And if you don't no. understand why I would not vote for him, go listen to my episode where I cover Charlie yes. Crist. Um, but yeah, she was she was great. What did you think? I so the thing that I really liked about her, and I feel like I've told the story to people who maybe listen to the podcast. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but. She, when she referred to him as a Ron, mm-hmm. I love DeSantis. It. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Instead of saying DeSantis or instead of saying governor, it, it, it seemed like she's, it's her way of like kind of t- taking away some power. And you love language. I know yes. that this is your thing. And I was like, oh, look at what mm-hmm. she's doing. And I feel like because she has been in the position that she's been in as right. the commissioner of agriculture, that she knows what he's about, knows how to get under his skin. <clears throat> And even though she's, you know, she's tiny, yeah, she she's is, little. she is, I feel like she's a spitfire and yeah. I feel like she can go toe for toe with him. Yeah. And I would love to see them on a debate stage Yeah, because I think that she would be able to get, like dig She's in. very cool, calm and collected. And I might be wrong. And maybe I should look this up real quick before I put my foot in my mouth. But isn't this the first time she's ever been elected? Wasn't I she a think. lobbyist before? I mean, I'm trying to, I don't think she held office. Oh, she was a public she was an defender. Attorney. She was yeah. an attorney. She was a public defender. So I don't think she's ever run for office. I think being the commi- agricultural commissioner of Florida was the first time she's been elected. I'm going to look it up yes. right now before I continue saying that. But, but yeah, I liked how she kind of referred to him as Ron because the first time she said it, I was like, who the fuck is she talking about? And then I realized it was yeah. DeSantis because I've never heard anybody kind of yeah. just diminish him. Yeah. You know, I, lo- him. The, I loved it. And yeah. I was like, okay, good. Cause yeah. he is a tiny little dude. You know what I yes. mean? Well, yeah. and he's smug and yeah, this is the first seat she's ever been elected yeah. to, which is kind of incredible. And I think because she did win that seat, she does have a chance. And I also liked when she talked about, um, you know, that 2018 election that, that, you know, why weren't we all being talked about in the phone? I mean, we, and we had talked about that after that election about what a mess it was. So to hear that, I was like, okay, there's good messaging. Like there's, it it seems like she had ideas that plan. She talked about the economy. I'm like, okay, this is stuff that people want to hear about. Yeah. She said things that as somebody who, who's We've been doing that work. She said things that I've never heard a candidate say before that were very impressive as far as like ideas on how to campaign together. Yes. Like, like, like she said, why, if Andrew Gillum and I, she was running the same time as Andrew Gillum was running for governor. She's like, why didn't Andrew Gillum's campaign and my campaign get together and say, okay, Andrew, you're doing good over here and I'm not. So I'm going to come over here with you and we're going to walk around together and same and vice versa. I'm going to take you to Northern part of Florida and like do this. And any card that I have, that's going to be in Broward County is going to list all the Democrats running in those seats. 
I want their faces next to my faces, right? Yeah. Like that was incredible that she's not, she's looking to share her and she's looking to, to share up, the space, which is what we, we've always talked about. Yeah. Like, why aren't we doing that? And it's, it's, it's less of a campaign thing and more of a Florida democratic party thing, which I would really mm. like to see happen is that she does this also on her own, but tells the party, right. like this is what we need to do. You know, when, they, when the president's in office, they say Biden's the head of the party right now, right? He's the highest ranking yeah. Democrat in this country. She's the head of the party in Florida. Yeah. Let's be honest. She's the highest ranking Democrat. She should be telling whatever that guy, what is Diaz, right? Yeah. Manny Diaz. What this is, is what it? we're doing. Yeah, like this is what needs to happen. I mean, that would be great. Oh, I would love I just, here's my problem. It. My only, it's not a problem. It's, it's a, <clears throat> it's a preference is that I like to be moved I want to be moved. And I well, you say that Democrats fall in love. Yeah, I, I like I like that. And Alfredo had and, and it's not that I didn't feel that way about Nikki Freed. I just mm, maybe it was the space. Maybe if we were in a bigger crowd and there was more people and she was more like, let's do this. Today. Yeah, maybe I'd feel it. But like we were in a house. Yeah, with like 30 people. And she's standing there, you know, giving a, a, a like a some speech. And I, I just her ideas were fantastic. I just want to feel passion I want to yeah. feel fire and it's and Alfredo looked at me and was like you're such an ass because and he's right he's right but I also think we should well, we shouldn't shut people out who like hey this is something that I feel yeah but whatever but he said you know Andrew Gillum had tons of fire and what the fuck did that get us and he's not wrong he's not wrong right no that's true but at the same time you know um you're still on board oh oh she's getting my you vote know, I mean yeah. it's no there's no doubt so about it. I mean I think I feel like that we just have to say it's fine like like we're not all going to love everybody and that's the thing with the republicans right they fall in line so yeah. if we can just kind of you know uh get that across to people like hey maybe she is maybe there is maybe she isn't you know making you jump for joy like you know or go gaga for gillum like yeah, we yeah, all yeah. did um but she still has all of these qualities and so if there's other people oh, sort she's... of feeling that same way it can be like like we still need your vote we still I, you and know. i gotta tell you i think she can win I think she can too. I think she can fucking win. She's I, tough. There's she's a toughness tough about her that I love. Absolutely. And she is not afraid to go talk to, she said, I'll t I'm talking to every Republican I can get, I can get in front of. And I think that's really important too, that we don't as Democrats see Republicans as enemies. They're not right. our fucking enemies, especially because as, you know, residents of Florida, uh, the laws they're passing in Tallahassee, as we discussed with Bobby DeVos, oh my God. don't just affect Democrats. These are it's voting laws, everyone. they're they're activist laws, like anti-mob laws that will affect if the right to life people want Wanna to protest, go yeah. protest, they could get arrested if XYZ happens. Right. Is it likely? Probably not because <laughs> they're not. trying to go after Black Lives Matter and people yeah. of color, but that's who's going to be affected. But these laws affect everybody and so they're not helping and, republicans at all they're yeah. hurting people and she made a good point to say you know the state of florida voted for yes, amendment for the state great. of florida voted for uh legalizing medical marijuana yeah. the state of florida voted for a 15 dollar yeah she's like that was it wasn't was, just democrats that was really and i was brilliant. like okay yeah and she's like those are progressive ideas so if, if it's about the messaging and if the mm -hmm. messaging can tap into yeah those things I, yeah, I think she can do it. Like she's, I think she's so smart. Too. She's smart. No, no. Yeah. And I, and it's, there's something about the way that she's crafting her message that I think tells me there's very smart people around her. Yeah. Um, and I liked that she never mentioned Charlie Chris the whole time we were there, which is good because I feel yeah. like there's no point to even acknowledge him. Oh, at please. This, uh, there's no competition. Maybe he'll just go away. I mean, 
I told you on his Twitter, like she gets, you know, 10,000, 13,000, 15,000 retweets. He gets 60. I don't know. And, yes. and then the comments are like, there's five comments and half of them are, what are you doing? What oh. party are you running again? I'm running for this time. Like, it's oh, so fucked. Oh, it's so sad. It it's is so sad, sad, but it's like, what the fuck is he doing? Why? Why? I don't know. But hey, Why? P.S., we had a, uh, we went to this membership mixer for Dolphin Democrats yes. on Friday. And we were sitting, we were at the front table checking people in and who walks up? Okay, oh, okay. wait, the cutie pie? Yeah, wait, who walks up, Tina? Who walks up? Um, Campbell? Oh my God. Oh, oh no. Mar- yeah, he is yeah. cute. Okay. He's adorable. He's adorable. No, Amari Mari, Hardy. Amari Hardy. <laughs> Sorry, I just- We have I to thought- cut all of this out. This is terrible. <laughs> Tina and I are not on the same page right Sorry, now. but uh, Daryl Campbell, that smile, he's got the million dollar smile. Give me a break. And he's passing out petitions to get on the ballot. I mean, he's smart. Yeah. He's running for Bobby DeBose seat in District uh, 94. Yeah. But no, Amari Hardy walks up. Yes. And it's somebody I've never met before. He's a Florida House rep and he's running for- the Alcee Hastings seat. Yes. And he walks up and I was like, it, it literally, I tell, I'm telling you, it's like meeting celebrities to me. Yes. Because I am obsessed with all of these legislators. So I'm like, holy fuck. And I see his cute face. I'm like, oh, oh, oh look I, at, know. I know. Tina, Tina, look at this. And then, um, uh, Stephen Gaskell, who's the president of the Florida LGBTQ caucus. Yes. He's like, oh, Amari Hardy. And I'm like, yeah, I know who he is. I know who he is. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, um, I so think that I high fived cool. him uh, when Did we you? left. <laughs> oh my God, Tina. I'm so look at you. <laughs> high five. Oh my goodness. Oh, he's very cute. It's amazing. I mean, forget about it. So listen, this Friday, we have a little muck coming out. Yes. With Malcolm Kenyatta. I am who, so excited. Me too. And he is a Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania State House rep. He's yeah. running for. Very outspoken. Yes. And what seat is he running for? Yeah, I have U.S. Senate. Yeah. He's currently running for U.S. Senate. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's amazing. And another, you know, Pennsylvania House rep. I mean, these House legislators are doing the yeah. fucking work. I, I mean, this is incredible. And he, I mean, he doesn't back down. Mm-mm. He doesn't back down. And it's been a couple of different things that I've seen him uh, on the floor yeah. fighting against. And it's incredible. And it's like, I wish that we just had Kenyatta's everywhere. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like the, these kind of reps that do this work. Yeah. It's it's very brave. I mean, I hope he wins so that we don't they don't lose him in Pennsylvania because that's always the worst. Oh, God. I know. So are you ready? You want to get going? You're first yes, this week. I am. All right. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of former... Kansas Attorney General mm. Phil Klein. So okay. buckle up, girl. Uh oh, this guy's gonna—he's gonna piss you off. Uh, <laughs> ah, I got my wine. Oh my god! All right. So Phil Klein served as Kansas Attorney General after winning the 2002 election and immediately became a divisive figure. But when he engages in unethical conduct, the voters decline to put Klein back in office. I'm not looking. I'm not even going to make eye contact with you. I'm not even going to look at you. <laughs> okay. Our story takes place in Kansas, specifically in Topeka, but uh, Klein was born in Kansas City. And this guy runs the gamut of muckiness mm. from reproductive rights to gay rights to uh, religious political influence. So I'm kind of going to just dive into him and his background. So according to his Our Campaign page, Klein is a fifth-generation Kansan. He went to college, then law school, and he practiced law from 1987 to 1992, and then he was elected as a Kansas House rep, and he served eight years before wow. losing the House seat in 2000. 
And then he runs and wins for that AGC okay. in 2002. So as far as his time as House Rep, I couldn't find much except that he served on the House Taxation Committee for three years. He was chairman of the House Appropriations Committee for a year. But the Kansas Reflector noted that he served as this polarizing figure in all of his political positions. And it's just the kind of guy that he is. He's one of these morality police kind of people. And it's frightening to me really how like the extreme nature of his actions and how he attempted to use his office to further his religious and conservative agenda. So, for example, as a House rep, he was one of the people that helped frame the uh, Kansas's abortion law. And that's according to ABC News. And we've said it before on this podcast, right? Like, have whatever religious belief you want, but you don't have a right to dictate, I don't feel, to me or to other people or wield it as a weapon to strip women of their rights. And this is what he's about. So... That being said, it's his time as attorney general that earned him a lot of attention. So, I mean, let me say something, because that's how it's always been. Yes. People in power always try to use their power to put their own view into law. Yes. Like their own point of view. And this is how things, their own beliefs, right? Right. And that's how it's always been. Now, in other countries, they don't, they've they've gotten away from this. And what they've been able to focus on. Is, is get good like education, economy, better roads, jobs. Yeah, healthcare yeah. for all, jobs. They've been able to actually focus on the work that they were elected to do, yes. which is to what will be the best benefit for the people. Yeah, no, uh, that you're representing. And I guess in his mind, like he thinks that this is beneficial. You know what I mean? Of course. Well, and, that's because he's um, indoctrinated. Yeah. And thinks that he's like a soldier of God or some bullshit. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? And I got to say, like, just to give some context, like, he was super, of course, hung up on sex. Well, he's and never been fucked the right fact, way. That's his problem. <laughs> Wikowski, reporting for uh, Pride Source, cited a New York Times article that said Klein wanted to, quote, require doctors, school counselors, and psychotherapists, among others, to report all sexual activity by people under 16, from kissing to sexual intercourse. He's so horny. Can you imagine? He's probably like, going to jerk off he, to these reports. Like, he's but but he, he's so worried about Mm-mm. people engaging in sex and that, that sex then, of course, can lead to pregnancy and then pregnancy might lead to abortion. You know, like it's this, this, it, it's... It's wild. What in the fuck? And it went so far that members of that group listed doctors, counselors, et cetera, they had to file a lawsuit so that they wouldn't have to do any of this. And luckily they won because like one, it's violating, Oh my God. you know, uh, doctor patient privilege and violating the rights of these kids. Like a kid's a kissing. Like <laughs> it's weird. Dear diary. I know. <laughs> oh, I got to send this off to uh, the attorney general. This has got to get sent to the AG's office. What a fucking prick. So again, like for him, it's all about like this warped way of attempting to prevent pregnancy. What do you think it is about and stop abortion? Men getting obsessed with sex like that. What do you think it is? I don't I think don't it's know. about pregnancy and abortion. I think it's something else. It's control, power. It's, yeah. I and mean, it's, there's something, but there's something sexual there too. Yeah. There really is. Yeah, they're repressed. Like they're holding totally. everything in. Totally. Could, you know, and I think they're jealous like you know culture is i mean everything's over sexualized now anyway i right. suppose but like they can't fall into that so no. i think they're almost jealous of this idea of like they can't enjoy or if what everybody have, else is or enjoying. if they have these thoughts then they think oh my god i'm i'm committing a sin and this you know yeah. like, i feel like yes. their mentality isn't yeah 
I don't know. But if I can't have it, nobody can right. have it. But instead of like, hey, uh, what about sex education, birth control, teaching yes. kids about those kind of things? Yes. No, instead, we're going to violate the privacy of teens. I mean, if you, <laughs> one of the best. Threaten, threaten of, people into abstinence. Like that, that's going to work. You no. Know, and one of the best pieces of advice I ever had was from a, one of my daughter's preschool teachers. And she's the mother. And she was like always have open conversations with your kids. If they ask you a question, be as open and honest as possible. And if they, cause she said, because then they'll always come to you. Yeah. They will always come to you. And even when they come to you, they're like, mom, uh, yeah. you know, I went to this party and I tried drugs or something yeah. like what drugs. I, I smoked pot or something. Yeah. Um, don't have a face on be like, Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to think about this for a minute, like, and come back and have a conversation. But if you start overreacting or whatever, yeah, then they're not going to come. So you have to have an open and honest conversation with your kids about everything, everything, yeah. Yeah. including sex. Yes. Oh, barefoot Lobo talked about this today. They were talking about on, um, hell is full of dads or podcast that came out today about talking about having an open and honest conversation with their kids about sex. And Cody's like, I just want my daughters to know like that, that boys will say things to you just because they want to get you in bed. And I've had to have that conversation right. with my daughter is like, you are in charge of your body and they're going to be boys who say like, I love you. And they're going to tell you all these things, but if it's not what you want, then the yes, answer is no. no. And if they and go, well, if you loved me, if yeah. I loved you, get the fuck out. Yeah. Like Goodbye. you're in charge of yep. what you get to say happens. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so stressful. Oh, forget it. All right. So I'm going to jump into some of his anti-gay Oh, this will be fun. Behavior. So Stephanie Dwilson of Heavy cited an LA Times report from 2003 that discussed Klein's prejudice against folks who engaged in sex with members of the same sex. Mm. As Attorney General, Klein argued that boys who have had sex with an underage boy should face a tougher punishment than those who had sex with an underage girl. And this was most notably seen in the Lyman case. So Wachowski of Pride Source noted that Klein fought relentlessly as AG to uphold a 17-year prison sentence for Matthew Lyman. Now, Lyman was arrested in 2000 and sentenced for performing oral sex on another teenager, a 14, almost 15-year-old boy. And Lyman had just turned 18. Mm. So the ACLU offered some background into the case. Both of the boys were developmentally disabled. Oh, fuck. And they were attending a school for developmentally disabled students. Oh, boy. And the boys were, in every report I read, they really made a point to say that the boys were three years, one month apart in age. Mm. And the act was consensual. Okay. But there was a law called the Romeo and Juliet law. Of course. And that was where statutory rape charges are less if the case involves two teenagers. Mm -hmm. However... Mm. This did not apply to same-sex kids. Wow. Yeah. And so he... They actually say gender it, in it that said law? Opposite, it said opposite sex. Wow. Yes. <sighs> so in this case, Lyman was charged differently. He was charged with crim criminal sodomy. And instead of getting a maximum, perhaps like if they would have charged him for the statutory, it would have been up to 15 Jesus. months if he would have gotten anything. He was sentenced to 17 years and two months. He had to register as a sex offender oh, along with five years of supervision after his release. So over 20 years of his life. Such bullshit. It's so horrible. So like I said, Klein as AG represented the state in this case and kept fighting against uh, Lyman's appeal. Like wouldn't let this kid just get the same sentencing. Like if it was, cause it, and it doesn't make sense. Mm -mm. It doesn't make sense. Jesus. So 
yes, the state has a law that makes it illegal to engage in sexual activity with anyone under 16. But like I said, that Romeo and Juliet law provides that leniency mm -hmm. and offers a lesser sentence if it's two teenagers that are four years or fewer apart, which is why they keep three saying years. three years in one month. Yeah, yeah. So he fit the criteria, but he's sentenced differently because of his sexuality. Mm. And so rather than doing what's right for this kid yeah. who obviously, and they, they're put, they put him in prison, prison, oh not my a juvenile God. detention center. And he's, you know, developmentally yes. disabled. Like what did they, what, what kind of person is that? Well, he's disgusting. So rather than do what's right, he defends the sodomy law and keeps fighting to keep this kid in prison. Mm. So he continued uh, to appeal his case and he kept losing. And finally in 2002, I'm sorry, in 2005, the appeals case ultimately went to the Kansas uh, Supreme Court and they ruled to remove the phrase, quote, members of the opposite sex oh. from the Romeo and Juliet law. And uh, Lyman was released from prison. So he was there about, um, I think, um, five years. Jesus. Five years in prison. That is so long. That is five so years. long. Five years. Oh, my God. It's, it's disgusting. Here's the next thing with him. So that's oh horrible. I'm scared. And that's not what Klein is most known for. He's Ugh. most known for his anti-abortion crusade. Tina, why do you do this? Thing? I know. Like, Thank God. That's why you gave me wine. She's I like, know. I better <laughs> put some wine out because it's good. His head's going to explode. Oh, my goodness. So Planned Parenthood outlined the timeline of Klein's crusade in Kansas. And I posted it. It's in our show notes because it just details like, each year, like what happened, mm. like what he filed, what was going on. Okay. So our major incident, so specifically his actions as AG, this is crazy. So as attorney general, he obtained information to prosecute abortion providers, and that's what got him into trouble. And Planned Parenthood noted that he started to dig into Planned Parenthood of Kansas and mid-Missouri and a specific doctor by the name of Dr. Tiller. And Dr. Tiller was a late-term abortion provider. Mm -hmm. But there was no evidence to support the investigation. So he starts this investigation into that clinic and into this doctor, but there's, no, there's no reason, reason to. to start the investigation. Right. Just that he's a spiteful prick. Yes. Okay. So in 2004, Klein, as attorney general, got a hold of a 90 patient records. <gasps> so he used oh, his no. office to get medical records of women considering abortion. Holy shit. Tina. Can you imagine this? No. And it's like their health information. Like but how all can of their he get that? He requested it. But, 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 uh, but, but here's that's the not thing. Private. There's no private. So he put a gag order on the request. So no one could disclose that these records were being pulled. Oh, <gasps> And that gag order was lifted in 2005. And that's how people found out that he had done this thing. What did he do with that stuff? He used that to uh, put forward a 107 count criminal complaint, 23 of which were felony charges against Bronley's Comprehension Health of Planned Parenthood of Kansas and Mid-Missouri. The Tiller. And specifically against Dr. Tiller. Holy shit. So some of the things he was charging the clinic for were late-term abortions and for pro providing abortions to underage girls. Oh! So at the time, so in 2007, ABC News kind of reported that um, an abortion could only be performed after determining viability, which basically means that a doctor has to note whether or not a fetus can live independently outside of the womb, oh, right? And if it can't, then abor an abortion could occur. If it could, then no abortion was permitted unless two doctors 
determined that an abortion was necessary for the well-being of the mother's health. So say someone is like six months pregnant and like somehow their life is at risk. If this continues, then two doctors can say, look, this, she will die if she gives birth, then they can perform the late turn abortion. And so he was one of um, few people uh, performing late turn abortion term abortions under this can we all criteria. be very clear about why late-term abortion right. is necessary it's in not some because cases, some girls like oh, i don't, I don't know. feel like it yeah okay i'm seven months and i you know what oops i don't want it that's yeah. not the fucking case that's not what I happens know. these are women who have other children or their lives are in danger yeah. or they're their maybe physical their, their mental baby, health and they've like, wanted to have this baby but now all of a sudden they they're, can't they could carry die. the term because they could die and they have to make a decision. And, and it's, it's a fucking it's a tough, heart, it's it's heartbreaking. heartbreaking decision. It's fucking awful. And now you've got to get two motherfucking doctor's approval. Right. Go fuck yourself. And right. fuck you for trying to tell people what the fuck to do with their bodies. How dare you? Right. But remember, so he's tired know, of this. It's so, but remember, he's one of the people when he was a house rep that helped oh. frame this law to begin with. Oh, my God. So... Not only was he accused of, of pulling those records, but he was also accused of allegedly providing false testimony about abortion providers. And he even was investigating sexual assaults on minors to use against Dr. Tiller, who may have performed abortions on underage girls in cases of rape. Why is that a bad thing? Yeah. Why is that a bad thing? If my daughter is raped and becomes pregnant, she's not going to have that no. child. I'm sorry 13, to tell 14, everybody fucking 15? listening. I mean, Go come fuck on. yourself. How come fucking on. dare you? How dare you? Can you imagine? You are and a this fucking doctor, piece of shit. Imagine this doctor. Like he's trying to help people. Of course. Women. Girls. So young girls. It's, a, it's like, it, it's such a violation of, of rights. It, not to mention well, the violation of doctor patient here's privilege. Here's the problem. Like the, to be a woman in any fucking part of this world is trauma. Yeah. It is traumatic to be a woman fucking full stop, full stop. And right. what you want to do is make it even make fucking it worse. harder. Make you have worse. a woman whose body has been completely fucking violated to the worst goddamn extent you right. can ever fucking imagine, where she is forced, where a man has forced her to have sex with him. He has raped her and had uh, held power over her and forced himself inside of her and broken her. Right. And, and she now will she's, be traumatized right. for the rest of her motherfucking life, her body, her mind, her soul. And now you want to tell her that a, she girl can't, a girl who has gone through this that she has to have that baby. How fucking dare you? I know, you? how dare how you? How dare you? And there might be some people that say, I'm going to have this baby. Uh, and there might whatever. be some people that Fine. say, I don't want this baby. And Fine. that should be okay. That's okay too. That it's should be your, okay. You should be able to make that choice, but you can't 100%. have people picking and choosing when someone should have an abortion. It's none no. of your fucking business. It's none of his business. And when, and, 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 and he will sleep well at night, not even fucking knowing. He will sleep very comfortably in his bed, not knowing who's had an abortion, who hasn't. Right. He's made it's it his, his business. business. He's made it his business. And it's like, why because do you care of God so much? And religion and all his fucking stupid hangups. Right. Go fuck yourself. So fuck you, Tina. I know. God I'm damn sorry. it, Tina. <laughs> My blood I told pressure. You, I told you. It's ten forty-four <laughs> on a Sunday. So the reason this was so dangerous. Hold on, I gotta like, take a sip okay. of this water. <laughs> so. 
like I said, Tiller is one of the few doctors who are still performing late term abortions, especially because like it's such a contentious That's thing. That's not going to be fact, happening anymore. He was one at the time. He was one of three in the entire United States. Yeah, it's not a thing anymore. The others were in Boulder, Colorado and in LA. So women came from all over yeah. other states because they knew mm-hmm. he could help them. Well, Tina, you understand it's not going to be, abortion is not going to be legal anymore. I know. Very soon. Oh, I, I, Very I, soon. I can't. So get ready to and take people, your kids, it's like, did your you daughters. Did you about, about like the women in the alleys and hangers? That's what's going to happen. I mean, it's like. They're they going to be what, flying what, to Cuba to get an abortion. They're going to be over here. Or they're going to take pills thinking, so people yeah. are going to be hawking them pills yes. and they're going to die. Yes. Because the pills aren't, yeah. are, aren't right. This is what you're forcing women to do. You are forcing, you're but taking away they're, their but, choices but and their, their daughters, life. their daughters will be taken care of. Oh, these motherfuckers. How dare you? You know what it is? We're too far removed from those days. Yeah. We're too far removed. It's terrible. Yeah. It's and, terrible. And, and and they don't value human beings. They try to tell you they do. They don't they, they value a clump of cells. No. Fuck you. It's, the person and whose they don't, body and that, they don't that even is care. inside of. At the end of the day, they don't care. No. This is just a talking point. It's a way it's, to, it's so gross. to further. The, well, it's listen, so hypocritical. I, I've been around plenty of very religious people for a very long time. And I'm telling you, their agenda doesn't matter. You as a woman are a piece of flesh that can carry a child. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. You are Sorry. nothing but a walking womb, Tina. Sorry. No. Yeah. And if you choose to never have children, could you imagine what they think about that? These motherfuckers. Ugh. Fuck you. Ugh. I All wonder right. what Jesus would say about this, about a girl being raped like that. Yeah. Because of course, let's let's get down okay. to the meat of the situation. Yeah. Hold on, let's get down to the meat of like why this girl was take was a, a girl or a woman would be raped because this man wants has, power, wants power, but he yeah. also just wants to have he wants to fuck right, yeah. like he wants to hold this power. It's a it's, it's or it's, and a lot of time it's it's we, power. We have it's diminished anger. women to vaginas. It's That's anger. what we've done. It's, it's, you know, control. It's yes. psychologically fucked. Yeah. And now you're going to take it out on somebody else. Right. And then they have, no, no, it ruins women. It ruins them. Ugh. And they come back, they can come back. It's not like this is no, the no. end, but you that, how but about legislate trauma. that? How about fucking going after that? There's a fucking thing I put up on my Twitter. I just retweeted this week. And there's a woman holding a sign saying, how come every woman knows another woman who's been raped, but yeah. no man knows a rapist. Yeah. How is that possible? How is that fucking possible? How is that possible? I mean, think about, I mean, I think about women. I know they've been assaulted. Like I, I know my story. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, and it's always there. It's not like it's always there, but sometimes my husband is always like, you know, like I, I jump, I'm I jump I, and course. he's like, why are you all? And I, and it's like, I can't help it. No, it's, you know what I mean? It like it's part just, of it's who just you are. like, I'm not, I don't know. It's just. I'm, I startle and other women startle and like you just deal with it and that's what it is. But it's like, come on. You live in fear. Come and it, on. And if you're assaulted or not assaulted, the way that we still women live in fear. have to exist in this world is so fucking, it's, I'm telling right? you when I run, I'm aware of every single car that goes My God, by God, From where we park our cars, no. from where we run, we can't go anywhere. No. We can't go anywhere. And I'm, and, 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 and it's, it's a generational thing. I've, my daughter walks to school every day and I'm, I literally, she is 12 years old and just got a cell phone, just got a cell phone because she's walking to school. And I had to be on the phone with yeah. her as she's walking to school 
for two blocks because I'm so scared. And I've had to tell her, okay, this, this, this. She's always like, oh, the dog. I'm like, stay away from people with dogs. Stay away from, like I have tried, I'm trying to tell her and it scares the fuck out of her. But I don't know how else to protect her because the world is fucking fucked. Yeah. And men who do these things are fucking evil. They're garbage. They're garbage. And worse than them are men who try to legislate this shit. I know. It's like, go talk uh, like, to women. I don't know. Go talk I don't know. to women. Yeah, no, they'll never understand though, Tina. Ugh. They will never understand and the women, what it's And like. you know what it is too? I'm going to say this. It's the women in their lives too. Yeah, these that haven't said anything hey, to ladies, them. How about to say daughters? anything Nothing. to them to say, listen, you're wrong. Yeah. I'd they love to have a it. conversation with Chip Lamarca's wife. Ugh. How about that? Ooh. How does she fucking sleep at night? How? Being, by the way, living in a neighborhood with all these liberals that are their friends. Yeah. How the fuck does she do that? How do you look at your friends in the face anymore? How do you do that? When you know your husband's up there legislating against trans children and women. Yeah. Oh, but you know, oh, we're all but so we're happy friends. that. We that, all grew uh, yeah. up together. But we're also happy that Chip Lamarca got uh, athletes paid. Yeah. Fuck you and your fucking <laughs> athletes paid. Piece of shit. Oh my God. Ooh. Well, Tina, you opened Ooh. the fucking door. You opened it's the good, door. It's good. It's good. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So of course. I mean, everybody's too, everybody has turned this off at this point. No, no, no. They're like, yes. All right. So the charges, of course there are none, but Dan Margolis or Mongolis of KCUR wrote that the Kansas disciplinary administrator charged him with violations of the Kansas rules of professional conduct in connection with his investigations of abortion providers. So he did have to participate in an ethics hearing for his actions. So it wasn't like a a legal, it was legal in the sense, but not criminal. Mm. And the complaint, according to uh, the Deseret news alleged that when they were investigating Dr. Tiller, who was deceased at the time of this hearing, Klein and his crew quote, misled other officials and mishandled patients medical records wow and klein's defense Ugh. he tried to point out like his defense for for gathering this information in the way that he did he was saying that it was similar to when a police officer misleads a witness or withholds information from witnesses to try to like you know figure things out and that's nowhere near the same thing oh, please at all he's an idiot so yeah he just allowed this like zealotry to it's, it's guide his actions and it's attack like a medical professional and a medical facility because they don't align with his religious beliefs. Like, yes. It's, it's it. crazy. That's it. It's crazy. So NBC news reported that because of all this, Dr. Tiller faced trial and was brought up on 19 counts of performing late term abortions, allegedly without getting second opinions of an outside doctor as was required by law. So remember the law was like, you need two doctors. So they're saying he just did it. And he had a second person who wasn't outside of his office to confirm it. And so he was found not guilty. He potentially though faced a year for each count. So he was facing, no, no, well, no, 19 counts specifically for him, but he was, so he was facing up to 19 years in prison. Wow. He's found not guilty in 2007, but the state medical board then brought him up on the same charges to potentially revoke or suspend his medical license. Dr. Tiller's attorney, Dan Mana had this to say, quote, you would hope it would be over, but there's a group of people who want to suppress the constitutional rights of women. Mm. So that medical board was the Kansas board of healing arts, which had as board members, uh, uh, one governor, Sam Brownback and a member mm. of operation rescue West ORW, which is an anti-abortion group. Mm. So in 2009, oh while at church, 
Dr. Tiller was assassinated Holy by Scott fuck. Roeder, a member of Operation Rescue West. Yeah, he, he was like killed. What the fuck? Yeah. But do, but and, can it, well, and let's stop. Do for you a think second. that this AG the same, or these yeah, other right. people, like it's like you know what I mean? Like it's the, the same thing. It's like the they same, killed him. The same they people who him. stormed the Capitol. Are the they same. killed him. This, this guy, guy is, is in church. He should be a, working that, at a sinusure, and oh, someone goes in and guns him down. This fucking attorney general Can you imagine? is just as He's guilty culpable. as a shooter. He's culpable. He's just as fucking All guilty of them as a shooter. These fucking motherfuckers who are, want to present themselves at fucking they the go Kansas to mass Board of every Healing day, Arts, and they're so fucking great. They are just as bad as the other fucking people. When you stand at the, t- the fucking pulpit and you talk about how bad abortion is, you're just as bad as right. the fucking person who pulled that trigger. Go right. fuck yourself. You're right. indoctrinating people. You're making them obsessed with this fucking right. idea, and you need one goddamn wacko to get this idea yeah. in your head. And and that's that the they fuck have what to they do, do. It, and that's what happened. And you motherfucker, he was part of that Operation Rescue West, you know. And they like, and they have it in their mind that they have to kill him because they think he's a killer. I thought they were against killing. Yeah, no, that's you the thing. Idiots. That's the thing. You motherfuckers. Oh my god. Tina. I mean, that's the thing. That's where the problem is, right? Like you said, that when people, politicians, and public figure, figures like Klein, they vilify yeah. these healthcare providers. Yeah, they put these people at risk. Let me let me say something. It else. Lim- and it's going to limit the amount of people who are going to be willing to yeah, provide that's right. care to women oh, who because fuck- who wants to do it? Yeah, you're putting a who target would- on your back. Yeah, come on. Uh, it's it's exactly like come on. It's fucking exactly like Trump for four fucking years. Oh my god, going on and on and on and on, leading up to July fifth and July sixth in the morning, saying not just Trump but all of his fucking asshole friends and family members going, we should just take the Capitol. We yeah. should just do it. You should be here to fight. You should be here to fight. And fucking minutes later, the storming of the Capitol, yeah. shit being smeared on the walls, yes. legislators being almost fucking killed in the hallways and in their offices. But they all forget and, now. But you know, they forgot. Yeah, but, oh yeah, right. But like no big deal. Like Trump right. had nothing to do with that, right? And the, the the biggest irony to me is like, we're we're the law and order. We love our police officers. Yeah. Do you love Meanwhile, the- Give me a break. Yeah. Again, it's all talking points. Piece of shit. So in 2011, Daily Caller reported that Klein had this to say regarding the prosecution against Tiller. Quote, I charged Dr. Tiller with performing an illegal late-term abortion, and evidence demonstrated he performed abortions late-term, once because the mother did not want to hire a babysitter to go to a rock concert. What? And Kansas law restricts late-term abortions unless doctors find that the mother would suffer severe harm and none of his abortions met that standard. I mean, oh, that's why me a she break. went into she the went to a rock clinic. Co- oh, I'm not gonna on. have a babysitter in two months. So get come rid of, on, get the fuck come out of here. On, go fuck yourself. Come on, because women are so fucking it's silly. So, We're so silly. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. Go fuck yourself. So some of the aftermath, according to the Wichita Eagle, in 2013, Klein lost his law license indefinitely. Bye, bitch. Tony Rizzo reported that the Supreme Court, quote, cited clear and convincing evidence of Klein's misconduct. So he shit. wasn't disbarred which would have been great, but he is suspended indefinitely. So he cannot practice law in uh, Kansas. So in fact, Rizzo noted that 11 rules were violated during his time as attorney general above the law offers more details, noting that the court concluded that client quote, failed to properly advise a grand jury about applicable law, gave false and misleading information to courts about the handling of patient medical records from abortion clinics and instructed his staff to attach sealed documents to a public filing. Wow. And the Kansas Reflector noted that the Supreme Court also said, quote, ultimately, we unanimously conclude the weight of the aggravating factors. Klein's inability or refusal refusal to acknowledge the line 
between overzealous advocacy and operating within the bounds of the law and his professional obligations. His selfish motives and his lengthy and substantial pattern of misconduct weigh more heavily than the mitigating factors and merit his indefinite suspension. Wow. Goodbye, law license. So Planned Parenthood had this to say regarding the loss of Klein's license. The judicial system in Kansas worked as it's supposed to. We are gratified that Phil Klein is being held to account for his egregious misconduct after a full hearing of the facts of the case by an independent judiciary. The time and taxpayer money Klein spent on a misguided crusade against Planned Parenthood can never be recovered, nor can the time and resources we had to divert from preventative services for Kansas families. But we are satisfied that Kansans are protected from Klein's continual unethical practice of law. Mm. So some points of interest. Another controversy that he faced was for his relationship with churches when he was running for re-election in 2006. Okay. So there were some leaked memos, and you know I love a leaked memo, Mm -hmm. that showed how there really wasn't a separation of church and state. Because as a church, you cannot say vote for this candidate. Like, you are not allowed to do that. So Scott Rothschild, writing for Lawrence Journal World, quoted part of a memo that called church uh, for church efforts that read, and this is from uh, Klein, get the pastor to invite money people whom he knows can help. So he would uh, guest preach at a lot of churches. But as the memos revealed, he really wasn't just trying to preach about God. He was trying to earn votes, which is not allowed. He wrote, quote, please try to get me in front of the largest crowds as we move through the remainder of the campaign schedule. Also, please maximize my presence in a community. Where possible, get additional churches involved. I'm able to preach at several churches where service times are different. And another, quote, my goal is to walk away with contact information. Yeah. So the memos were leaked anonymously and mailed to a news media uh, sources. And the Ooh, return address was uh, concerned citizens everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that someone found it and yeah. was like, you got to let people yeah. know. So <sighs> he's trying to gin up support from evangelicals and he defended his use them. He's trying to yeah, use them. But he's defending his actions, saying that it didn't violate church and state law. Like as far as the IRS is concerned, well, because he likes the law when it's it's on in his favor, right? My God, I mean, what I, don't if, you think that they should get rid of this separation church and state and just tax the churches? Because we sure, all know I'm that they forever. talk about abortion, they talk about all of these political oh, things, honey. And what if they use that tax money for health care? You know how much money they would generate from taxing these churches? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a petition. I mean, I'm here for it. <laughs> One thing that I found gross is that his staff uh, used to call him general when he was attorney general, like general, hey, general asshole. Ugh. It's fucking, I, I can't, I'm, I'm so out Ugh. of my mind, Tina. I know. I don't think, I don't remember last time I blew up on a on the podcast like this, but Sorry. It, it's, I'm start, it's all starting to like come back down <laughs> on my face. I'm like, oh. oh, so despite all the controversy and his overzealous nature, Klein decided to run for AG in 2006, Wait a minute, but 2008. He does- <sighs> But he loses. But does he? Can he do that without a law license? He lost the law license in Later 2011. On? Yeah. Oh, God damn so, it. but even though he lost in 2006, he was appointed as Johnson County DA. So it was a vacancy that the majority <sighs> party could fill. Um, These fucking assholes and this never is again, go away. It's before that law license was suspended, and the controversy there was he wasn't even living in Johnson County, and so people were like, "How the hell is he going to be the DA here?" So he had a rental apartment. 
and he changed his voter registration for the rental apartment because wow. he was living somewhere That's else. That's not supposed to be allowed either, though, is yeah, it? You no. have a regular resident. That's what I'm saying. So he's just shady all around. And it's like, you want to sit and like judge everybody, and you're like the shadiest of them all. What a Give fucking me a break. piece of shit. Ugh. So Tina, another I thing... I know, I'm sorry. Another thing I found interesting was that during the trial, the court ruled that he could only subpoena redacted records. So he couldn't pull records of women that had their personal information, their social security number, their address. Like it, there had to be things that were redacted so that he, it could be, you know, um, more private. Yeah. And so Planned Parenthood turned over 29 redacted records. And oh. according to Planned Parenthood, on his last day of work as AG in 2007, he ordered his staff to make copies of those redacted medical records, but at like For a what? local For late time reading. Yeah. But at a local reading? copy, uh, but at a local copy shop. So it's still like medical records that can't just be out floating in the air, even though they're redacted. And they said that the records and copies were moved around the state, unsecured, unprotected. Uh, they uh, were in the trunks of private vehicles uh, in unlocked garages, containers in private residences and just floating, but you know why floating around Kansas, you know why it doesn't matter because it's women. I know. It's women fucking patients. And nobody cares about No women. one cares. They don't fucking care. They don't care. Not in Kansas. We're disposable. Not in Kansas. So, and this Jagoff, he Ooh, serves as the director a. of uh, the Amistad Project, which joined the lawsuits in support of Trump and voter fraud in 2020 election. So Ugh. he can't go away. And he also teaches at oh. Liberty University. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> which is, you know, that uh, super religious, conservative university formerly run by another mucky fella uh that jerry falwell jr and jerry falwell both those motherfuckers and then the we last should do, we should do an episode like we did with uh, yes oh with, my with, god what's his name uh the the, the father's son kushner's yeah, yeah kushner's. we should do one on the falwells and then the last little thing is planned parenthood placed klein on its list of seven politicians you don't want in your bedroom <laughs> bedroom and i don't want him anywhere yeah, feet yeah, of get me. away so that's the story of yeah. Phil Klein. Sorry. Oh my God. You know, this little thing happens where oh. maybe like the night before I get a text from Tina. <laughs> Woo, I can't wait to hear what you got to say about this. Oh, this is so funny. This one, she's like, you're going to hate this. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I, 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 uh, he's awful. I mean, awful. And he's just still out there in the world. Like, I just wish I was part ugh. of the time when women were, were winning these kinds of fights. You know. And I am now part of a time when women have been we have to fight losing again. it for 40 fucking years. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but there's no fight left. I mean, these I women, I mean, I don't want to say women don't want to come out, but it's not a priority anymore. They just, it's, and it's because we've had Roe v. Wade our entire lives. And so they think it's not going to go yeah. anywhere. But look at the fucking Supreme Court. And they're about to hear a case from Georgia oh my about God. abortion. They've agreed I, to take this case. We don't have, we got an RBG shirt on. They, they don't have RBG there anymore. Even if she was there, she, she would have been in the minority anyway. It's so oh. fucked up. I, I'm so afraid. Well, we should be afraid. We should afraid. be really, really afraid. God. I know. Well, the second we start valuing women, and I got to tell you, I watched a movie yesterday with my daughter, the LFG. It's on HBO, and it's about the women's soccer team trying no. to fight for equal pay. You should watch out with your kids. They'd fucking love it. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what that team went through. And, and the lawsuit basically was their defense of the, the Federation's defense was um, when it finally came out was that, it that their they bodies generate? were weaker than men. It's proven. Oh. It's a scientific fact that they're inferior to men. So they should be paid less. 
Wow. Could you imagine that in this day and age? Wow. 2020? That's an argument? Wow. Okay. I thought it was going to be that they don't generate as many fans. Nope, they and make they more money. Fill, and they don't fill nope. the stadium. Nope, and- they make more money. than they, they generate more money for the Federation than the men. Oh wow! Um, they may actually made more money than the men in the year that they were they were fighting for, and the judge is like, "This is dismissed because they made more money than men." But what you didn't see is they had to win nine games to make that much money, and the men only had to win three games. Right. So they're they're already they had to win all these other titles, including four fucking world you know championships, to get anything close to the men who don't win those kinds of right. games. And isn't there still um, um, something going on? Because I believe that they had argued for a base pay. Yeah, plus there's, bonuses, there's, there's and now like on. there's something else going on with the bonuses that they want. Yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. And you look at the amount of money that they're owed; it's like two hundred million dollars among twenty eight women, and they're incredible athletes. Oh, forget about it. I mean, <laughs> that Megan Rapino. Oh, hi, yeah. hello. I mean, so cute. All right, let's okay. get into. I I, uh. I got to tell you, I feel like we should just end the show. It's an hour recording right now. <laughs> I, I'm out of my fucking mind. I want to kill everybody. I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, I know we have men listeners. Please take care of your daughters and your your spouses. And and please fight for for the rights of women. We need you. We need you. Fight for the rights of women. It it should not be on our shoulders. We don't get pregnant alone. (laughs) I know. You know, so if you have sons or daughters, you should be equally invested in the fight for women because, you know, it's just you're going to be involved either way. Your, your son could get someone pregnant. Then what? You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, what what are we talking about here? One of us could, we both go running. One of us could be assaulted, Tina. And what? What do I got to do in the state of Florida now? Oh okay, my I got to drive some, I got to drive fucking to another state. Fly I mean, out of the country. You got to fly out of the country. Who the fuck can do that? Can you imagine that? You, you might have to fly out of the country from America. I, I got to tell you, I don't think there's any places in Broward left. Oh. I don't think there are. I just, you know, I drive down 62nd and there's a women's clinic there. And there are always people standing outside with uh-huh. pictures of babies. Yeah. And and every time I'm I'm screaming, and my husband ha- has to basically pull me back in because he's like, just you don't know what someone will do. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Like they're they're not coming after you. They're going after the doctors. I just can't so stand fucked. it. I can't stand that they're standing there like with a. It's, it's not that little cute baby that's six months old in the picture no. that you're showing. And, and it's oh. the judgment, you know, you, when you're religious, you're supposed not supposed to be judging people. There's no judgment. You know, there's this whole thing that goes along with having faith. And so what they're doing is completely opposite. They do not follow Christ, no. the teachings of Christ, if that's what they're supposed to be following. I mean, it's so insane to me. Yeah. It's the hypocrisy. All right. Let's get into this because uh, I can't. I I'm sorry. In mind. Okay. Yeah, I know you say you're sorry, but then you keep doing it. I know. We have to do it. It's the muck. You're right. All right. Well, I am going to tell you. <laughs> God damn it. You're right. I can't argue with it. All right. I'm going to do the assassination <gasps> of Governor William Goebel. What? The only governor in the United States who's ever been assassinated. I've never heard of this. All right, girl. Let's do it. So Wilhelm Justice Goebel was born January 4th, 1856 in Sullivan County, Pennsylvania. <gasps> His parents were immigrants from Germany. He was the first of four children and he was born two months premature and weighed, weighed less than three pounds. Oh. His father served as a, as a private in Company B, 82nd Pennsylvania Infantry Regiment during the American Civil War. And Goebel's mother raised her children alone, teaching them about their German heritage. Wilhelm spoke only German until the age of six, but he embraced the culture of his birth country as well, adopting as well as adopting this English spelling of his name, which is William. 
Discharged from the Army in 1863, Goebel's father moved his family to Covington, Kentucky. William attended school in Covington and, and was then apprenticed to a jeweler in Cincinnati, Ohio. After a brief time in Hol Hollingsworth Business College, he became an apprentice in the law firm of John W. Stevenson, who had served as governor of Kentucky from 1871 to 1877. And I want to give a shout out to my friend Josh, who's from Kentucky. You know Josh. Josh! He's the best. And I did, I got to talk to him about making, oh, I talked to Tina about a possible merch idea. Yes. Which is um, um, Ted Deutsch on a Tiger Beat um, poster. Oh, my God. With, like hearts it all would around be him. amazing. Even if jo Josh, I'm telling you now that I'm, I know you're going to hear this. So that's what I want. <laughs> I want a Tiger Beat cover with, with Ted Deutsch on it. And uh, in like a regular shirt and tie, like, you know, like a gray, yeah. okay. And even if it's just for me, can you make that for me? Please? <laughs> okay, thank you. We don't need to sell it. Just make it for me. Uh, Goebel eventually became Stevenson's partner and executor of his estate. Executor? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Goebel graduated from Cincinnati Law School in 1877, then enrolled at Kenyon College in Ohio before joining the practice of Ken Kentucky State Representative John G. Carlisle. He then rejoined Stevenson in Covington in 1883 after the death of Stevenson's previous partner. So his personality, right? He's, yeah. He's, you know, he's cold, basically. Goebel was never known as a particularly friendly person in public. No. He belonged to a few social organizations and greeted none but his closest friends with a smile or a handshake. Wow. He was rarely linked romantically with a woman and was never married. Journalist Irvin S. Cobb remarked that Goebel's appearance was, quote, reptilian. And so, <laughs> uh oh, where's the QAnon? Where's the QAnon, folks? Could you imagine, like, this is how someone describes how you yeah. look? Yeah, like, reptilian, and he's got the cold personality. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. While others commented on his contemptuous lips, sharp nose, and humorless eyes. How the heck did he get elected? Oh, wait till you get there. Wait till you hear this shit. It's fucking crazy. He was, he wasn't a gifted public speaker. He never used flowerly, flowerly, what, flowery imagery and relied on his deep, powerful voice and forceful delivery to drive home his points. While lacking in the social qualities common to politicians, one characteristic served Goebel well in the political arena, his intellect. Goebel was well-read and supporters and supporters and opponents both conceded that his mental prowess was impressive. Cobb concluded that the journalist concluded that he had never been more impressed with a man's intellect than he had been with Goebbels. Wow. Okay. okay. So he's super smart. Yeah. But detached. Looks like a lizard. Looks like a lizard. <laughs> and somehow decides I'm going to run for public office. Like, I mean, yeah. you got to talk to people. Yeah. That's so, it's a weird yeah. move. Well, all right, let's get into it. So his political career. In 1887, James W. Bryan vacated his seat in the Kentucky Senate to pursue the office of lieutenant governor. Goebel decided to seek election to the vacant seat representing the Covington area. His platform of railroad regulation and championing labor causes combined with the influence of Stevenson, who was the former governor yeah. that he worked with, his, um, should have given Goebel an easy victory, but this was not to be. So he does win, but it, he has a hard time getting there. So yeah. a third political party, the Union Labor Party, had risen to power in the area with a platform that was similar to Goebel's. However, while Goebel had to stick close to his allies in the Democratic Party, the Union Labor Party courted the votes of both Democrats and Republicans mm. and made the election very close. But of course, it was decided in Goebel's favor by just 56 votes. Wow. Yeah. With only two years remaining in former Senator Bryan's term, so he can only serve this what's left yeah. over um, before he can run again. Um, he had to distinguish himself before a re-election bid. So Goebel took aim at a large and popular target, the Louisville and Nashville Railroad. 
a proposal from pro-railroad legislators in the Kentucky House of Representatives to abolish Kentucky's Railroad Commission was passed and sent to the Senate. Cassius M. Clay responded by proposing a committee to investigate lobbying by the railroad industry. Goebel served on the committee, which uncovered significant violations by the railroad lobby. Goebel also helped defeat the bill to abolish the Railroad Commission in the Senate. Oh, a lot of people are going to like that. Yeah. These actions made him a hero in his district. He ran for for a full term as a senator unopposed in 1889 and won another term in 1893 by three to one margin over over his Republican opponent. Um, Also at the time, Republicans had had, or Democrats had had power for a long time and then a Republican governor gets elected. And so it's very contentious. You know, everybody wants to hang on to that power. Okay. Um, In 1890, Goebel was a delegate to Kentucky's fourth constitutional convention, which produced the current Kentucky uh, Constitution. Despite the high honor of being chosen as a delegate, Goebel showed little interest in participating in the process of creating (laughs) a new constitution. The convention was in session for 250 days, but Goebel was only present for 100 of them. Wow. So he's just like, eh, (laughs) no, no, you guys figure it out. I'll just sign my name. Yeah. However, he did secure the inclusion of the Railroad Commission in the new Constitution. As a constitutional entity, the commission could only be abolished by an amendment ratified by a popular vote. This effectively protected the commission from ever being unilaterally dismantled by the General Assembly. Ooh. All right. So he he wasn't there for a long time, but he put something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this duel happens. I know. I love it. I love a good duel. Yes. Oh, I'd love it. Who's he fighting? He's fighting in a duel? Yes. This is, this is great. Okay. So in 1895, Goebel engaged in what many observers considered to be a duel with John Lawrence Sanford. Sanford was a former Confederate general's officer turned banker, and he had clashed with Goebel before. Goebel's successful campaign to remove tolls from some of the Kentucky's turnpikes cost Sanford a large amount of money. Mm, so he's pissed. He doesn't like him. Many believe that Sanford had blocked Goebel's appointment to the Kentucky Court of Appeals, then Ooh. the high, state's highest, uh, you know, court in, re- in retaliation for getting rid of the tolls. Okay. In, so they're both fucking yes. hate each other, right? So in sense, Goebel had written an article in a local newspaper <gasps> referring to Sanford as, quote, gonorrhea John. No! Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> gonorrhea John yes, cannot bitch. be the title of our I mean, that's a, if that's not like, yes, oh shit, I gotta write it down. I got some other ones here, but I'll write it down. I mean. Um, I, you know what? When I was writing this, I was like, this should be the title. Um, gonorrhea john like why that's, that's like, not a slap that in the face so, with like a glove i mean yeah honey he's coming in for the you. newspaper oh yeah oh yeah the climax wow. came this climax came when goible and two acquaintances went to covington to cash a check goible suggested that they avoid sanford's bank because he right you know, he's, he's a not going there but sanford was standing outside the bank and he spoke to the men before they could cross the street to a different bank sanford greeted goible's friends offering them his left hand however goible noticed that sanford's right hand was on a pistol concealed in his <gasps> pocket having come armed him having come come armed himself goible clutched the revolver in his own <gasps> sanford confronted goible and said quote i understand that you assume authorship of that article yeah and goible said i do (gasps) according to witnesses both men then drew their pistols no but no one was sure which had fired first in the middle of the street oh yeah in front of a bank honey it's happening why i don't know not like take 10 paces it was like just boom boom yeah is this a duel or is this just murder it sounds like murder to me (laughs) sanford's bullet passed through goible's coat and ripped his trousers but left him uninjured 
Goebel's own shot fatally struck Sanford in the <gasps> head and he died five no. hours later. Yeah. Goebel pleaded self-defense and was acquitted, but the shooting haunted him the rest of his political career. I mean, he killed someone in the middle. He killed gonorrhea John. Dead. (laughs) No more gonorrhea. (gasps) The acquittal was significant because the Kentucky Constitution prohibited dueling. Oh, so they did him a favor, basically. If Goebel had been convicted of dueling, he would have been ineligible to hold any public office. Oh, so this is, I mean, that's a little shady. Because if it shady. was anyone else, they'd be in jail. Yeah, it's all shady. I'm so tired. These politicians from 18 what, 18 whatever on, I, they always getting away with everything. Yes. It's all about who you know, really. God. So let's get into this thing they called Goebel election law because it feeds into what happens when he goes to run for governor. So Kentucky Democrats who controlled the General Assembly believed that the county election commissioners had been unjust in selecting local election officials and had unfairly contributed to the election of Republican Governor William O. Bradley in 1895 and Republican President William McKinley in 1896. Oh. Okay. So... Democrats always had this power. And then all of a sudden these Republicans come in and they're like, something's not right. Right. So Democrats are like, we got to do something about this. So Goebel proposed a bill known as the Goebel election law, which passed along strict party lines and over governor Bradley's veto created, which created a three member state election commission appointed by the general assembly to choose the county election commissioners. Oh, okay. So unfortunately, and, and was it like a bipartisan committee? It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Okay. It's supposed to be, Uh-oh. right? But three people. Yeah. I mean, come on. Unfortunately, the system proved just as abuse, abusive oh, as the one it replaced, since it allowed the Democrat-controlled General Assembly to appoint only Democrats to the See, election that's not, commission. Yeah, that's not right either. Right. It's not right. Many voters decried the bill as a self-serving attempt by Goebel to increase his political power, and the election board remained a controversial issue until it's... Ab- uh, abolition in a special session of the legislature in 1900 despite rising to the office of president pro tempore in 1896 goebel remained the subject of much opposition of both parties in kentucky after the passage of the law mm. okay so let's go to the governor election in 1899 uh-oh, okay uh-oh, uh-oh. <clears throat> this is so fucking wild <gasps> tina Woo! here 1899. we go i love it this is so fucking fun So three men sought the Democratic uh, nomination for governor at the 1899 party convention in Louisville. Goebel, Watt Hardin, and William J. Stone. Now, so, okay, they're going up against Goebel. Yes, all three of these are Democrats. Okay. Okay, so they're going to go for the Democratic nomination. So when Hardin appeared to be the front runner for the nomination, Stone and Goebel agreed to work together against him. Stone supporters would back whomever Goebel picked to preside over the convention. In exchange, half the delegates from Louisville who were pledged to Goebel would vote to nominate Stone for governor. Goebel would then drop out of the race, but would name many of the other officials of the ticket. So he said, all right, listen, we got, we don't want Hardin to win. So Stone and Goebel start working together and Goebel's like, all right, all right, I'm going to get all my people to vote for you and you're going to get, you're going to beat Hardin, but then I get to pick all the other people who are going to be on the ticket. Right? Like he's going to drop okay. out, but I'm on everybody else. I'm going to pick everybody else. Is, like, he, is he going to put himself in a position? No. But mm. it's a way to hold on to power yeah. too because you're giving people power, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're, you know, you're kind of still pulling the strings. So that was the plan, right? But he was, he's not going to give up that seat. Oh, right. He's a piece of shit. No. Um, I mean, gonorrhea John. Yeah. Tina. As word of the plan spread, Hardin dropped out of the race. So the main guy who's oh. like, all right, fuck it, I'm out. So now Goy like, was like, listen, this. sorry, yeah. that deal's over. He yeah, dropped because out. Because he it's- believed, yeah, he's like, I'm like, I can't beat these two knuckleheads, right? 
uh, they're working against me. So Goebel took a calculated risk by breaking the agreement uh, once his choice was installed as presiding officer. So then once somebody was put in, that was one of Goebel's people who's going to preside over this whole oh, nomination. what a dirtbag. Like, right, I'm coming back into the race. What a dirtbag. So then Hardin, seeing that Stone had been betrayed, who was the original guy in the lead, and he had dropped out, he sees that Stone has been betrayed by Goebel and hoping he might now be able to secure the nomination, re-enters the contest. <gasps> okay, so now we got the same three fucking idiots back in it. They're all oh still in it. Oh my God. So several chaotic ballots resulted in no clear majority for anyone and Goebel's hand-picked chairman announced the man with the lowest vote total in the next canvas would be dropped and it turned out to be stone so <gasps> poor um, stone i know he's all he's a, he's too he's a gullible fool like oh, he's gotta get out stone. <laughs> so this put stone's backers in a difficult position yeah. like who do, so they were forced to choose between Hardin, who was seen as a pawn for like the railroads you know they yeah say, or Goebel, who had turned against yeah their friend their, their, their oh, guy right god so enough of them had sided with Goebel to give him the nomination. Oh, man. So Goebel's tactics, while they're not illegal, were unpopular and divided the party. They're like, what is Yeah, yeah what a jerk. Shit. What a jerk. Yeah. So a disgruntled faction calling themselves the, quote, Honest Election Democrats held a separate convention in Lexington and nominated John Y. Brown for governor. Republican William S. Taylor defeated both Democratic candidates in the general election, but his margin over, over Goebel was only 2,383 votes. So Democrats in the General Assembly, right, the legislators, began making accusations of voting irregularities oh, in some of these counties. Oh, come on. Okay? But in a surprise decision, the Board of Elections created by the Goebel election law and manned by three hand-picked Goebel Democrats ruled two to one that the disputed ballots should count. Yes, we can. Saying can't. the law gave them no legal power to reverse the official county results and that under the Kentucky Constitution, the power to review the election law lay in the General Assembly. So now it's going to the General Assembly, which is all Democrats, to figure this out. And the Assembly then invalidated (gasps) enough Republican ballots to give the election to Goebel. Oh, no, that's shady. Yeah. Shady. Not good. Not good. Not good. The Assembly's Republican minority was incensed. As voters in traditionally Republican districts, right? Like, what the fuck? Uh, For several days, the state hovered on the brink of possible civil war. Wow. Yeah. So... While the election results remained in dispute, Goebel, despite being warned of a rumored assassination <gasps> plot against him, walked flanked by two bodyguards to the old state capitol on the morning of January 30th, 1900. Uh-oh. Reports, con- reports conflict about what happened, but some five or six shots were fired <gasps> from the nearby state building, one striking Goebel in the chest and wounding <gasps> him seriously. Taylor, serving as governor, repending a final decision on the election, called out the militia and ordered the General Assembly into special session, not in Frankfurt, but in London, Kentucky, a Republican area. Mm. The Republican minority obeyed the call and went to London. Democrats refused to move, and many many went back to Louisville. So both groups claimed authority, but the Republicans were too few to muster a quorum, right? The day after being shot, a dying Goebel was sworn in as governor. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Could Why? You just, hold chest Why? Going, just give me that Bible. But oh my God. <laughs> just get, just it's, die in peace. Die in peace it already. Is the most beautiful, perfect um, uh, uh, example of the male ego. Oh, it's it's so just gross. so perfect. The man's fucking dying. And he's so like, gross. but swear me in as governor for my last moments. I just want to be governor. Oh my God. I mean, that is so insane. It's so gross. It's so fucking insane. Ugh. Like, I, I, I can't take it. In his only act, 
Goebel signed a proclamation to dissolve the militia called up by Taylor, which was ignored by the militia's Republican commander. That's the only thing. He's dying and he's signing fucking... What? Why? <laughs> stupid. Why? Despite the care of 18 physicians, Goebel died the afternoon of February 3rd, 1900. So journalists... So now what? Well, well, hold on. So oh, journalists recalled his last words as, quote, tell my friends to be brave. Oh, come on. Fearless and loyal to the common people. Please. He quote. didn't say that. These are dying words. He probably said, I did all, I yeah. betrayed so many people <laughs> and this is what the fucking thanks I get. Oh Such my God. Shit. He probably died and he probably said, I look like a reptile. <laughs> <laughs> He's cold. And okay, why yeah. suddenly is he giving these like sweet words? Yeah. It doesn't fit his character. <laughs> his last words were, gonorrhea john yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh this is so mean we should probably I shouldn't know, be laughing sorry. oh fuck it yeah. so okay so <laughs> with goible dead bye tensions began to ease because now everybody's like well oh thank god well the they're like this guy's guy. this, <laughs> the QAnon people this is where it started this was the reptilian king oh that that started because it don't they believe in like the reptile I no people idea. i have no idea <laughs> probably the idea of goebel's lieutenant governor jcw beckham as governor was more palatable to much of the opposition than a civil war in the state though many of them may have preferred a war to goebel's governorship after a lengthy meeting a bipartisan compromise was drafted which would have ended this matter the terms called for republican recognition of goebel's rightful election and beckham's subsequent right to governor Republicans would also remove the militia from Frank Frankfurt. Democrats would in turn. Now, oh, I just want to point out go. before I say this, we're still pussies. We were pussies then and we're pussies now. I'm just saying to you. Yeah. Democrats would in turn extend immunity to any Republican official found to have ties to the assassination. Stop contesting the elections oh. from other state offices and would work to pass a nonpartisan election reform bill. That's what they did. Well, they're probably like, we're sick of Goebel. I, I know, but like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. That's unbelievable. Wow. Not going to hold, gonna give immunity to people who have possibly murdered somebody? Okay. Yep, The agreement needed only Taylor's signature to become effective. Wow. Who was still the governor at that point, right? Unwilling to relinquish, relinquish his office, Taylor balked. No. <laughs> Compromising, compromise having been exhausted, both sides agreed to litigate the matter. The, the Kentucky oh Court of Appeals God. ruled that the General Assembly had actually legally, acted legally in declaring Goebel the winner of the election. That decision, that decision was appealed to the Supreme Court of the United States. Dear God, yeah. so much wasted time. Arguments were presented to the case in the case which is taylor versus beckham on april 30th 1900 but on may 21st the justices decided eight to one not to hear the case allowing the court of appeals decision to stand the lone dissenter was associate justice john marshall harlan a kentucky native and a member of the republican party wow so the assassination trials during the ensuing assassination investigation suspicion naturally focused on deposed governor taylor who fled to in Indianapolis, Indiana, under the looming threat of indictment. Wow. Can you imagine? He just fucking dipped. like, bye. Wow. The governor of Indiana refused to extradite Taylor, and so he was never questioned about oh. his knowledge of the plot to kill Goebel. Yeah. They're just like, all right, out of sight, out of mind, let's move on. Well, they wanted to bring him back to Kentucky, yeah. and the Indiana governor said, fuck no. Taylor had become a successful lawyer in Indiana and was pardoned <gasps> no. by, in 1909 by Beckham's successor, Republican Augustus E. Wilson. What? Yeah. 16 people, including Taylor, were eventually indicted in the assassination of Governor Goebel. Three accepted immunity from prosecution in exchange for testimony. Only five ever went to trial, <gasps> two of those being acquitted. 
Convictions were handed down against Taylor Secretary of State Caleb Powers, Henry Utsi, and Jim Howard. The prosecution charged that Powers was the mastermind having a political opponent killed so that his boss, Governor Taylor, could stay in office. But Taylor gets nothing. Yeah. Wow. Utsi was an alleged intermediary, and Howard, who was said to have been in Frankfurt to seek a pardon from Taylor for the killing of a man in a family feud, was accused of being the actual assassin. So he was only there. Because wow. he was trying to get a pardon from Taylor. And they're like, well, while you're here, <gasps> can you do us a favor? We'll give wow. you this pardon, but, but can you go maybe shoot this guy And then us? Taylor just gets off scot-free. Yeah, he, yeah, wow. yeah, he dipped. He dipped. Wow. The trials were fraught with irregularities. Oh, All three God. judges were pro-goible Democrats. And at oh, one point no. to the jury pool of 368 people was found to have only eight Republicans. Oh, Republican no. appeals court overturned Powers and Howard's convictions, though Powers was tried three more times, revolt- resulting in two convictions and a hung jury. And Howard was tried and convicted twice more. Both men were pardoned in 1908 by Governor Augustus E. Wilson. Oh, so he's just pardoning yep, so everybody. So the next Republican comes yeah. in, he pardons yeah. them. Yutzi, who had received a life sentence, did not appeal, but after two years in prison, he turned state's evidence. In Howard's second trial, Yutzi claimed that ex-governor Taylor had discussed an assassination plot with Yutzi and Howard. He backed the prosecution's claims that Taylor and Powers worked out the details. He acted as the intermediary, and Howard fired the shot. On cross-examination, the defense pointed out contradictions in the details of Yutzi's story, but Howard was still convicted. Yutzi was paroled in 1916 and pardoned in 1919 by Democratic Governor James D. Black. Of those allegedly involved in the killing, Taylor died in 1928, Powers died in 1932, and Yutzi died in 1942. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's it. They scapegoated those guys. Can you believe that? Well, that's how it always goes, don't you think? Like. These I mean, this governor never, just rolls out yeah. with nothing. Yeah. How does he live with himself? I don't know, but if you're the governor and you just go and you leave town, that's yeah. immediately, don't you look suspicious? Yeah. And then I you have this whole other life? Yeah. Oh my God. Girl. What a jerk. Unbelievable. That's a good story. Thank you. Well, listen, after your story, I just want to curl up and <laughs> fucking die. <sighs> Well, we have, like we said earlier, an exciting little muck. Yes, I'm excited. We got We're going to record with him now and put it out on Friday. <gasps> yes. Very oh, exciting. and I also want to tell you guys to subscribe to Women Who Podcast Magazine. Oh, yeah. That is coming out. Their new issue is coming out in July, and we have an interview in there. Oh, the podcast. Um, and then I have a couple articles in there. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And where do we sub- subscribe to that? It's womenwhopodcastmagazine.com. Okay. And yes. um, when is when in July can I look for my interview? Um, my interview. I'm not sure. Okay. It's early. early? I, I should know. That's but right. I don't, don't worry know. about it. <laughs> but it's in July. We'll just go coming subscribe out, and then out. it'll pop up and yes. we'll be like, hi. Yay. Oh, that's very exciting. Yeah. I'm excited. That was a fun interview. Yes. Yeah. It was. It was it it was long and funny and mm-hmm. we just like I feel like we derailed the conversation half the time. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I know she was recording it, but I was like, I don't know, what are we talking about yeah. now? Well we talked a lot we did talk about Podfest. Did we meet her at Podfest? We did. Yes. Um, yeah. which was in March, 2020, early March, 2020. We're going to the next podcast. Oh, we're going to the, we're going to be Queens at the next <gasps> podcast. We're going to the next podcast podcast. We should present at the next podcast. And that was, I knew that was coming. And yes, we need to get all of our podcast friends to yes. come to podcast. Oh, we do. That's what oh. we need. That needs to happen. <laughs> Honey, we do need to do that. <laughs> 
podcast friends come to pop fest yes all right okay well listen lovely to see you thank you you for the wine and for the uh the throbbing blood vessel that's popping (laughs) in my head right now i really appreciate that you're welcome all right well i will see you next week okay bye. bye If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for The Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Doherty.